When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, hit it up the park. Hit him with a strike. From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Hey, You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. Till we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 409 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is June 6, 2023. The Padres, they enter tonight's two-game series with the Seattle Mariners with a, what's their record? 28-32. and 32. They just split that four-game set with the Chicago Cubs, and so I want to give my thoughts. I can give my thoughts on the series overall, but I did give my thoughts already on the first three games in the series. Really given my thoughts on what we saw last night from the offense, from Blake Snell, um, and then also getting to the comments that I wasn't able to get to on Sunday's show because I had not seen the postgame scrum yet with Soto in the clubhouse. So there, there's a lot of stuff there with what Juan Soto said. And it's not like that's old news because, well, the – the uh, the season, it's not like it, it turned around with the win in last night, you know, in last night's series finale, right? Like the offense, regardless of what happened last night, the offense is still inconsistent. And so what he said definitely still matters. Uh, and Xander Bogarts, we'll get into him, obviously, should he go on the IL. 
he thinks he might be able to go to uh, for today's game. We'll see. But should he just go on the IL if he can't even go in tonight's game? So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, just waiting for some to get into this YouTube live stream. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, you can use that super chat button. And if you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. And a quick reminder about Breaking Tea, great San Diego sports swag, Aztecs, Padres, San Diego Wave. Click that link in my description for the link there for great shirts and sweatshirts and all that. And then you can use my code TALKINGFRIERS on SeatGeek for $20 off of your order, uh, your first order using that promo code TALKINGFRIERS, $20 off. All right, let's get into yesterday's series finale, Padres and the Cubs. The Padres obviously going in, they could not win the series because obviously they had lost two of the first three, but they were able to get the split, you know, and I was saying on my pregame thoughts going into yesterday's game, like, hey, the trend, right? If the trend continues, today's going to be a good day for the offense because there had been a bad game the day before. It's been up, down, up, down, up, down. That's been the trend. Like every game, it's not like it's been a couple games where it's been good and then one game down or a couple bad games and then one game up. It's one up, one down. And the trend continued last night. You know, going into last night, the run totals, I can pull those up here. The run totals for the Padres, it was like one run or no runs. And then it was nine runs the next day. I put this out on social media yesterday before this Padres game. And this is the run totals entering yesterday. So I guess we could do the run totals for the last seven games. Seven run, or excuse me, not seven. Five runs yesterday, one run the day before, six runs the day before that, one run, 10 runs, one run, nine runs. Like super inconsistent. And that's been maddening, especially with the guys obviously going into the season. You'd think that this offense would be more consistently good, more of those five-run games or those nine-run games, but we just haven't seen that. But yesterday... Another one of those games where, hey, they scored a good amount of runs. They dropped five runs on the Cubs, and they shut them out. You know, Blake Snell pitched really good, I thought. Uh, you know, the first couple innings, like right, that the pitch count was high, and, yeah, he was getting some strike calls from the home plate umpire, Phil Cuzzy. But a reason why his pitch count ended up being that high, and I, I didn't think he was going to get through six innings because of those first couple innings that he pitched, but after that he really, really settled down. The pitch count was higher because that he was because he was striking out a good amount of guys. He finished last night looking at his final line. He finished with eight punch outs over six innings, gave up two hits, no runs. Yeah, he did walk three, but again, eight strikeouts. You know, the, if it's on the minimum three pitches, that's 24 right there. And it's obviously not on the minimum pitches because Blake usually doesn't, when he strikes out guys, usually it's not one, two, three. You know, it's, there's going to be a battle there in that at-bat. Uh, but, hey, him pitching to Gary, like, he seems comfortable doing that. And I saw in Kevin Acey's uh, Padres Daily Newsletter that, yep, Snell likes pitching to Gary. And uh, Gary sees the ball well off of Snell because in Gary's career, offensively at the plate when he was with the Yankees facing Blake, he had hit five home runs off of Snell. 
So I think he knows like, okay, these are your struggles. This is where you don't want to pitch it. Like he sees the ball well. And uh, so he was actually letting Gary call more pitches than other Padres pitchers had let Gary call um, last night. Like Padres pitchers going into last night, right? Most of it was them calling it because Gary's new. But with Blake, he trusts Gary and, or it seems like he does, you know, early on here already. And Gary, again, sees the ball well, sees Blake well. And so I think it's the smart move to be like, hey, if you see something, yeah, you call the pitches because you're the one behind the plate, especially when you're operating with the strike zone of like Phil Cuzzy last night. And, you know, Gary's behind the plate there. He knows, man, that, that, that pitch is this far off. Let's keep throwing it there. And you saw in the first inning, there were a ton of pitches around the outside part of the plate. Some were wild, but some of them, it was like, no, nah, that's where Blake was trying to throw it. Uh, so it seemed like they had a pretty good game plan going in. They were able to execute it pretty well. Live. So that's encouraging from Blake. Obviously, what I think we care about most is him being able to do this you know, at the end of the season here and you know, really peak. Uh, but, you know, I, I like him doing it now, obviously, because it's the first half of the season still. Usually we see this Blake, you know, going six innings. We see this guy in the second half of the season, but we're starting to see that earlier. I just hope that he's not using the second half of the season in part of the first half. And then he goes back to the instant Blake style, the wild Blake style at the end of the year, right? Like we want that dominant Blake at the end, assuming that this team's going to be a postseason team going into the postseason, right? And some smart assuming that this team postseason team, and I definitely understand. Uh, but I'm still choosing to keep faith, and I still believe that this team will end up being a postseason team. But uh, a good a good outing by Blake, and then the offense. I mean, Manny, obviously, we know that he has been struggling this year. You look at his average numbers, and you compare them to this year. It's not pretty. I can pull up his baseball reference page. I mean. His career OPS plus average is 125. His career OPS is 828. His career on base percentage is 339. And look at the numbers so far this year. And this was even after last night's three-hit game, and he scored three runs. His OPS plus is 84. Again, his average for the career, 125. OPS this year, 653. Average for his career, 828. Slugging percentage 368. His average for his career is seven, or excuse me, 489. On base percentage 285 this year. Career 339. So he is not having a Manny Machado year. Hitting 234. His average for his career 280. So it's nowhere near what Manny usually is. And for this team to get where they want to be, I'd imagine that Manny needs to start being that guy that is being paid, you know, $350 million and start playing like he was playing last year. Uh, we saw the Padres have a good amount of success last year, and a big part of that was Manny. And I know they should have a better team on paper this year, so Manny shouldn't have to do as much as he did last year. But he's kind of going to have to play at that pace, if that makes sense, or play at that caliber, that high of a level, because of the bad start that he's had. If he wants to have those career numbers, he's got to play like the MVP from last year to make up for this slow start. And last night, 
it was a good game. I don't even want to say it was a good start to that because, again, it's one game. It's kind of like the Padres offense. Well, it's one game. Um, you know, I, I, I kept – I feel like I've said it multiple times this year with the offense. They have a good game, and I'm like, hopefully this is the turnaround. Is this the turning point in the season? And then the next night or a couple nights later, they do nothing. Um, and it's like, no, that wasn't the turning point. So with Manny, I'm going to do the same thing. Like, I still believe in Manny, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, all right, this is the start of MVP Manny here. No, I, I want to see it consistently. And if Bogarts comes back tonight, we'll get to him here in a second. If he comes back tonight and he has a really good night, it's the same thing. I'm not going to say, oh, maybe this is it right here. Starting point of that turnaround, start playing like he did the first 30 games of the year, it's like the offense. Like I, I need to see it consistently before I'm like, all right, this, this little stretch here, this is the start of the turnaround for these guys, if that makes sense. Uh, but offensively, overall, what was encouraging was not Tatis and Soto. They combined to go 0 for 8. Odor went 0 for 4. Uh, but what was encouraging was more the bottom of the lineup. You look at everyone in the bottom of the lineup. I mean, Manny's not the bottom of the lineup, but go to from the four hitter down. Everyone got at least one hit and he got three hits, three for four scored three runs. Crony got a hit, drove in a run. It wasn't hit hard, but still it's an RBI counts in the books. Gary one for three. He homered Matt Carpenter one for three, almost hit a grand slam. Ha-Sung Kim, two for three. Brandon Dixon is the nine hitter. Late scratch from Grisham with the back tightness. Uh, Dixon goes one for four. So a lot of contributions from the bottom of the lineup. You know, a couple of the stars didn't do anything offensively, or there were other guys to pick them up. Now, with that said, the big guys in the lineup, they're going to have to start playing better too um, because – you can't rely on the bottom of the lineup to save the top of the lineup. The top of the lineup are the guys that are supposed to save the, the bottom of the lineup, right? Top heavy roster that a lot of people think AJ has built, right? With all the stars and then not as great of depth. Well, those stars got to make up for that then. And so it's got to turn around here. Um, but yeah, Matt Carpenter, I mean, that grand slam or almost grand slam, that was so close. Padres, you know, obviously they were known as Slam Diego and in my intro with Joe Dreams, you know, his obviously uh, around San Diego, famous Slam Diego song. You know, he'll, he, you can catch him playing that outside Petco Park. The Padres in past years, they've been known as that the Slam Diego, the Slam Diego shirts. But this year they had not had a Grand Slam and Carp almost got it. It would have been a home run, I think, in 13 of the 30 ballparks. But Carp now knows it's like, yeah, if he's going to hit a home run, it's got to be to down the line somewhere, right, right field line, uh, left field line. You know, it's got to be down there. Like you're, you're not, it's you, you have to hit it really hard like you did, but it has to be like during the day if he wants to get those out. And it wasn't, it was the nighttime. And so it did not get out just shy of getting grand slam and really blowing that game open. But I mean, it was still five, nothing like Carp had a sack fly there. It's not like it was just a fly out to end the inning or anything like that. He did get a run out of it. So hopefully he was okay with that. You know, it was still a productive out and Josh Hader didn't have to be used because it was a five, nothing to lead. So he should be good to go today. 
the bullpen after snow, six innings, no runs. The uh, the bullpen coming in, Stephen Wilson had a shutout inning in the seventh. Nick Martinez, uh, or as Mud likes to call him, Nicky Tight, Man- Tight Pants, uh, had a scoreless eighth inning. And then Tim Hill worked the ninth inning. Gave up a hit, but struck out two and got the win. And Tatis in center, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on Tatis in center just because we haven't seen it a whole lot. Like, I think he can do well there. But how, how much are you solving if you're going to have Tatis play center and when Grish comes back, you put Grish in right? Like, what is that going to do? We know Grish is a gold glove caliber center fielder. He's won it multiple times. Some people don't think very highly of the award, but go look at the numbers. We know that Grish is great defensively in center. Tatis was settling in in right field. Like, having them just switch positions, that doesn't do you anything, I don't think. If they're going to move Tatis to center, it's because they have an upgrade offensively in right. And maybe that upgrade is Brandon Dixon, and they decide to have Grish just be a bench player. But I just don't really see that. I don't, look, nothing against Brandon Dixon. I think he has filled in pretty well whenever he's been called upon, but I don't think that this guy's going to play well consistently. If he got that consistent playing time at the big league level, he feels like a four, a player, if that makes sense, like not a star in the big leagues, last guy on the bench, maybe, uh, but he's going to rake in El Paso, you know, that that's, that's who he kind of is. So last night, just overall encouraging win, but it's not going to stay encouraging if they don't do anything today, right? If, if they keep riding that roller coaster up, down, up, down, up, down, then the up yesterday was just a part of the roller coaster. It was not um, the climb up and it stays level, you know? It's just, it's just the roller coaster. It's just part of it. So we'll see. Tonight, 640 Padres and the Mariners, Joe Musgrove on the mound. So hopefully he can continue pitching well and the Padres can try to start digging their way out of 500. You know, there's been the wins where they're like, all right, we're now instead of five games under, we're four games under like they are right now. And then you're hoping, all right, can we string some more games together, get back to 500, get a winning record so we can start feeling good about ourselves. And then the next night or the, the night after that, they lose. And then they're back to five games under, you know, or they stay at four under. Um, and that's where it's been now. It feels like for a while. So hopefully things can start changing. All right, let's look at some guys. Um, what, let's see what some fans have to say in the chat after this. Check out Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so Jay Fly says, let's take care of this two-game series against the Mariners. Keep Sanchez in the lineup. Yeah, as for Gary Sanchez, he is the starting catcher for this Padres team. He deserves it. Nola's going to get some playing time, though. So he, if Sanchez starts tonight, well, Musgrove's pitching. So maybe Nola starts tonight. If Nola starts tonight, Sanchez will start uh, the series finale, I would assume, in that day game. Whoever catches tonight isn't going to play tomorrow, I wouldn't assume. Or... Gary will DH. Gary will probably DH tonight if Nola's behind the plate for Musgrove. Maybe they have Sanchez catch for Musgrove and they have Nola catch the day game tomorrow. Um, I know most of the time they have the backup catcher catch the day game, 
So maybe they're like, hey, we, we had success with Darvish, with Gary behind the plate. Maybe we'll have success with Musgrove with Gary behind the plate. Let's just try it. So every pitcher can pitch Gary here early on and see how it feels. And then we can have Nola catch the day game. They have the day off on Thursday. They go to Colorado uh, before they come back home. It's just a quick three-game series. I don't, I don't even know if we should call it a road trip, just a three-game road series in, in Colorado. Um, so I don't think Sanchez is going to catch both games or Nola is going to catch both games. But Sanchez, yeah, he's, he's in his starting catching role. He deserves it. It's a low bar, but he has risen above that low bar. And Sanchez, yes, Sanchez, I think he'd be in the line of both games, with, especially with Cruz on the IL. Um, and Bogarts, I don't think that they would DH him, would they? Maybe they'll DH Manny or something, but for the day game, I'm saying. But, yeah, I think Sanchez deserves to be in the lineup. He's earned it. Three home runs in the last seven games, first seven games that he's played with the Padres. Tommy says we need Snellzilla in top form. Yeah, especially at, you know, in the second half of the season, getting down the stretch because they have dug that hole. So we can't have Snell have the inconsistent starts when you need those games to be won. Uh, David says, I was totally surprised to see Snell pitch six innings. I thought they would pull him after five, but I got to say it was very encouraging. Boom, let Snell continue. I went to the game yesterday. Cool. Yeah. I mean, coming off the mound, you saw Bomel. He had he had a smile as Blake was coming into the dugout. Like, yeah, that that worked. You know, going six, hey, six, uh, catch you in there. Had faith in you, and it and it worked out. So things are going well there, and you just hope that things can continue. Yeah, we'll get to the Soto stuff here. Yeah, let, let's let's get to the Bogart stuff first, and then I'll talk about the Soto comment. So, Devin's saying, I'm expecting Bogey to go on the IL. Manny is here and is slowly starting to get things right. Happy to see him have a good game last night. Uh, the stadium is loud whenever Sun Kim is called out. I hope he stays here. I don't want to trade him, but who knows what will happen come the trade deadline. I don't, I don't think Kim's going to go anywhere. Uh, like He's part of their depth. Um, very good defensively. I think he already has saved 12 runs or something. If you look at the defensive run saved. So he's been great uh, defensively. And it seems like he's getting a little bit better offensively, just like he has, you know, year over since he's come to the Padres. Um, as for Bogart, so Devin not expecting Bogey to go on the IL. Or excuse me, he is expecting, sorry, Devin is expecting Bogarts to go on the IL. I am not. I think he should. Because he's not playing well anyway, so might as well take these next extra couple days. Because the update there is long-term, he doesn't think that surgery is needed. Like, he knows what's going on. He just is waiting for the cortisone shot, but he can't have it right now. At least that's the advice because of some, I think, cartilage damage that could happen. So it's kind of like just waiting, waiting for it to heal waiting for it to get better. And so waiting might as well put him on the IL so you can have a body up here who can go swing the bat and be able to swing at a pitch that is high and in, you know, because that's how pitchers are going to be attacking him because they know of the wrist issue. So 
bring up another guy, have Bogey take the extra time because we want him to be healthy long-term. We want him, this is a long contract and we want him to be healthy for the rest of the season, right? Would I rather have Bogarts be playing kind of not, not healthy the rest of the year for however many games are left? Or would I rather have him take some extra time off, not play in as many games, but when he comes back, he's full and ready to go. I'd obviously rather have that. And I'm not saying like if you put Bogarts on the IL that he would be out till the All-Star break. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you put him on the IL, have him sit out the minimum amount of time because he. I think that he wants to return today's game or for tonight's game against the Mariners. But if he's not going to be 100% healthy or I know no one's a hundred percent, but I'm talking about like, if he's not feeling great going into tonight and he's kind of just trying to force it because he wants to be on the field. Is that doing the Padres really any good? It's it's kind of like Manny, like don't rush him back, right? Don't rush him back. Manny is back. There's, there should be enough talent in this lineup to be able to win some more games than they are even if Bogarts is out, like Bogarts is not doing Xander Bogarts stuff that we're used to, or at least that we were used to for the first 30 games, right? First 30 games, Bogey was playing really well. And since then, or since he was hit, when was that May 10th or May 11th against Spencer Strider in the wrist? Since then, he hasn't been the same player. So why have him go out there when he's not feeling fully good just because he wants to be out there for the team. I get it. I love that wanting to play through stuff, but it's not like he's wanting to play through it and he's playing great. That would be one thing where he's battling through the injury and he's actually looking like himself and somehow this wrist thing. Yeah, it it hurts, but he's playing well. That's not happening here. Look at since, was it, or it was against the Braves, right? He got hit by that pitch. So when was that? That was in April. He kept getting on base after that. So I think it was, I saw some stats since like May 10th or May 11th. So if we go, I'll go since May 9th, that the start of that Minnesota series, just to be, just so it's easy like that. Since start of the Minnesota series, that's, that was May 9th in Minnesota. They had that road trip at Minnesota, at uh, at L.A. before they came back home, lost that series to the Royals. Since that time, Bogarts is hitting 207. He only has one home run since May 9th. One home run. Remember, he got off to that hot Like He's just not the same guy. So I would put him on the I.L. even if he doesn't want to. Like I'm sure Manny didn't want to go on the I.L., but hey, go on the I.L., Let's get you good so you can be Xander Bogarts, the Xander Bogarts we know, we come to expect with this big contract. You can be that guy when you come back instead of being a smaller or a, I shouldn't say small, a lesser version of Xander Bogarts. So those are my thoughts there. And then the Juan Soto stuff. So Soto, this was after Sunday's loss to the Cubs, you know, there wasn't, it didn't seem, I don't want to say there wasn't a whole lot of fight, but you just felt like this team's okay. They get down five, nothing with weathers on the mound. They're not going to go in this game. It's not going to happen. 
And after the game, Soto, he's speaking to the media. And Kevin Casey of the San Diego Union Tribune, he asked Juan Soto if he knew, just kind of like the same question the media has continued to ask like all year long. Why? Do you know why? Do you think you can, you know, pin down why this team is struggling to be consistent offensively? You know, there's an up, there's an up game, and then there's a down game, like a roller coaster. Kevin didn't say that, but I'm just saying, like, that's what it's been this year. And so here was the question, and here was Juan Soto's uh, full response to that. And this, this video that I got, it's via Mari Caswell. Uh, almost 900,000 people saw this on Twitter. So it blew up, and so that's why I'm talking about it, because it, it's a significant quote. So here is Juan. Obviously, you guys can do it, but you're not doing it on a regular basis. Any ideas? Why? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm the guy who respond to the question. Okay. I, know, I think we have uh, those guys down there. They know better than me. I don't know. I really don't know what is going on. Uh, we have such a great team. Uh, but I don't know. It is. Uh, I just don't know what is the answer to that question. All right, so there's one. I don't think I'm the guy to respond to that question. I think we have those guys down there. They know better than me. I don't know. I really don't know what is going on. I get, I get like, because the media continues to ask that same question, maybe just in a different way, you know, the players are tired of it, and it's just like, hey, I, I don't know what's going on. We have the talent here. We're a really good team. That's what Soto went on to say. We're a good, we have good players on this team. And then pretty much like, I don't know, it's just not happening. And for the players, it's like, what else are they supposed to say, right? Because if I were in the player's shoes, I'm getting a ton of information from the coaching staff, at least according to Bob Melvin. I know that I am talented. I know my team is talented, but the results just aren't happening. And I'm getting asked these same questions by the media night after night. And it's just annoying to have to keep answering the questions. But what Soto could have said, he could have left out the part, I don't think I'm the guy to respond to that question. I think we have those guys down there. He could have left that part out. If he would have just said, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's frustrating. I don't know what's going on. That's what it feels like other guys in this offense are saying. Like, we just got to keep fighting, all that. You know, Tatis talking about, I don't know if the baseball gods are against us, but damn. You know, he said that, I think it was Friday night uh, in that series opener. Like, that's okay. Like, because I get that players, they're, they're just like, I don't know what's going on. That This is just so weird. Why? This team cannot, I mean, this team's too talented to be struggling this bad offensively. But he decided to say, I don't think I'm the guy to respond to that question. I think we have those guys down there. They know better than me. That is what brought a lot of attention to this. Like, what does Juan mean by, I don't think I'm the guy to respond to that question. I think we have those guys down there. Who is he pointing to? Kevin Acey went on the Darren Smith show on San Diego Sports 760 yesterday, and he was saying, like, yeah, Soto was pointing to, I think Acey said, the room where the coaches, the front office are after games. So he was not meaning this towards teammates. Like, 
I don't know, go ask Jay Cronenworth, go ask Austin Nola, go ask Manny, go ask those guys who aren't doing their jobs why the offense isn't being more consistent. Because Soto, if he was meaning for the players, like he's not wrong. I mean, it's not the best thing to say to the public, to the media, but I mean, he's not wrong. He, he's been one of the better hitters just in, or on base guys, if you want to leave it at that, better on base guys in baseball for the last like month. So he's not wrong if it was for the players, but I think he meant the front office, the or, or maybe not the front office, but the coaching staff. Like, I don't know what's going on. The front office, the coaching staff, they look at the numbers. They know better than I do. Uh, I'm worried about myself. He didn't say this, but I'm just saying, like, this is – I think this is what he meant. I'm worried about myself. Uh, I don't know. They know better than me. They dig into the numbers. That's their job. So go ask – I'm not the person to respond to that question. But I could see how some some fans are like, you're deflecting. Really, you're putting it on other teammates or you're putting it on other people in the organization. You're getting paid so much money, more money than we're ever going to see in our lives, and you're deflecting and not answering the question. I could see how fans are mad. Some fans would be mad at that. I saw some fans took it on. I mean, so many fans. I mean, look at this on social media here. A hundred, 153 quote tweets, 38 retweets. I mean, over 890,000 people saw this, this clip. Uh, there were tons of people that said, yeah, Juan, Juan, there goes Juan. Juan doesn't want to be here. Uh, Nationals fans. Oh, can't wait to see Juan return when he comes back in free agency because uh, he doesn't like it in San Diego. You know, people saying, well, he's wearing the sunglasses because he was wearing the sunglasses during the press conference. Like, that's not a good look. And I don't like that either. I think you should, you know, take the sunglasses off. You are inside. I know there's bright lights that are in front of you, but you are inside. You can see he's done it many times before without sunglasses. Like, why do you have the sunglasses on? It's not needed. Like, let's just have direct eye contact. Um, but, like, I think he just meant, I don't think I'm the guy to respond because the front office, they know more than me. Like, they dig into the numbers more than me. The coaching staff, you should probably go ask them. I don't think he was calling out the teammates. And, again, if he was, I mean, he's he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um should this be a big deal? I, I think it should only be a big deal if there's something that comes out like from Kevin AC or Dennis Lynn or something, and they do a deep dive into the front office and get some anonymous quotes like, oh yeah, the players aren't getting enough information. You know, maybe that's something like they're not getting enough information. So that's why Juan said that. Like, no, they don't know what's going on because the coaching staff isn't telling them uh, what's going on or what what they're doing wrong in a certain count or with runners in scoring position, you know? And it's just not – they're not getting the information or the information is not being translated to them in the right fashion, if that makes sense. I think he was just like, you know, I don't know. Keep asking me the same question. I don't know. We're trying to fix it. It's It's frustrating. The guys that dig deep into the numbers, they know better than me. I think that's what he meant. Uh, but obviously, a lot of people reacted to it, so that's why I wanted to at least give some thoughts on that. Let's see what some people in the chat think about that here after this. 
I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. By the way, the underdog fantasy selection options today for the pick'em. So Padres Mariners tonight, 640. Joe Musgrove on the mound, six strikeouts, higher or lower, 91 and a half pitch count. I'd, I'd go higher on that. That probably is going to end up being my pregame thoughts, uh, underdog fantasy pick of the day. Juan Soto, eight and a half fantasy points, higher or lower there. Half a run scored for Juan, higher or lower there. One and a half hits, runs, RBIs, higher or lower for that. Tatis, half single, half singles, uh, higher or lower. Higher lower one and a half total bases, Fernando and Manny. Higher lower half a single. Matt Carpenter, higher lower half a hit. Trent Grisham, half a hit. Higher lower. By the way, I guess he shaved his mustache, according to Annie Halbrun. So maybe that'll turn things around. Brugnetto Door, half hit there. Uh, higher lower for him. So, and this is like every day. There's a lot of options for the Padres every day. So again, use that link that is in my description. Promo code Talking Friars for Underdog Fantasy. Jesse said, "Does that mean we're losing today?" Uh, she, I think Jesse's talking about the trends that I was mentioning earlier in the show. Yeah, I mean, I think that would mean we're losing today, or maybe if we win, we're going to win like two to one. We're not going to score a bunch of runs today. If the trends are right, yeah, that's what it means. Um, but you hope that things start to turn around, but I'm not going to say that until, you know, the, the numbers actually show that, Hey, yeah, things are starting to turn around. Win, lose, win, lose. That seems to be the pattern. Yeah. Jesse, I agree. Uh, my mom says one of our superstars needs to step up and be the leader and quit waiting for the one or excuse me, 
quit waiting for one of the others to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that collectively, not just one of the superstars. I mean, obviously Manny is one that point. It's he stands out. Like, yeah, he needs to step up. But I think collectively they do. Juan, okay, he's been good as of late. But I think Nando could be a little bit better. Jake Cronenworth could be a lot better. And I don't want to say he's a superstar, but hey, he just got a big extension. He could be better. Xander, when he comes back, whenever he comes back, he needs to be better. Uh, obviously, Manny. Like so, collectively, it's not just like three of the superstars are playing well and one guy sucks. Most of them aren't performing up to expectations. So collectively, if they collectively step up, then we'll see the Padres that we thought we were going to see going into the season. But if it's just one of the superstars stepping up at a time, then I probably see this offense being con- or continuing to be inconsistent instead of collectively, consistently producing runs and being better. Jesse asks, also, did the Padres know Bogey had that pre-existing injury? Uh, they knew about the wrist stuff, obviously. They had a ton of information on him. But I think they saw what Bogey saw. Like, eventually it gets better. Usually it happens, what, a few times a year? And it gets better with the cortisone shot or with rest. And so it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't like going in, they they saw that, oh, this thing's going to need surgery, and they still gave him $280 million. This doesn't seem like it's something that needs surgery. It's something that just happens with him. And with time he'll be fine and be back to the Xander Bogarts that we're used to seeing for the most part. Yeah, Devin says Bogey had the wrist problem last year. It wasn't just last year. He's had it, I think, throughout his career. I think it's happened in spring training, you know, beginning of the year when he's ramping up. Happens probably middle of the year. But when that happens, he can just go take the quarter zone shot. But this year, he already took it, I think, in spring training, had a couple days off, right? I think it was after the World Baseball Classic, a lot of work in, and he got hit by a pitch. I think there were also there's also been some tag plays. Guy tries to steal second, and it's a quick play, and maybe the runner hits his wrist, the left wrist, and that hurts it as well. Some of those things have happened this year, and it's too early to to have that cortisone shot. So that's that's been the problem. So I think the Padres, they did their their research on Bogarts, obviously. Devin says, maybe the staff is leaning towards being too analytical. I don't know. Maybe, uh, talking about the Soto comments, you know, kind of how he was motioning into their direction. Um, you know, he's not the one to answer the question. Being too analytical... I don't know where are they being too analytical? Maybe like not having a consistent lineup. Maybe I could buy into that. Like I'd probably like to see more of a consistent lineup, but also Manny was hurt. Guys are struggling. And when guys are struggling, we know Bowmel, he's a superstitious guy. He's going to try to change things around, change the lineup up to see if that will work. And it hasn't really worked. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. JD's third says fans spend their hard-earned money on this team. They support these players' salaries and the organization. Seidler isn't a nonprofit business. He's making money off fans, record sellouts. Yeah, and they had their 21st sellout of the year last night. And, yeah, so the players, they're not performing at home up to the level of the fans' support. Like, the fans, it's not like it's Oakland where no one's showing up. No, the fans are behind them. They're showing up record numbers they're gonna smash that sellout record right it's 26 games we're not even in july yet right we're just at the start of june and they're already at 21 not even the all-star break so they're gonna smash through that even if they don't if they continue to play bad they're still gonna pass that now i don't know how much more past that they will get if they continue to play bad because i don't blame fans for not wanting to spend money and go uh, if this team continues to struggle, especially at home. Um, ticket holders are going to be there, but other fans, I, I could understand why they wouldn't. Um, but yeah, like I get the frustration, you know, fans spending money and the team is not, you know, the players taking in a bunch of the money and they're not doing their job to the level of uh, their what their contract says they should be doing, you know, the level that they should be producing. There are, there are guys that are doing that. Uh, I want to be clear. There are guys that are performing up to the level, but you know, the big guys for the most part, they're not. And that's, we're going to be focusing on those big guys. 
Jesse, yeah, he brings up a point too. English is Soto's second language, so maybe he misunderstood what Kevin was asking, or it just didn't come out a that he meant it to come out. But also, when you look at what he said, I mean, what did he mean to say if it didn't go out the right way? Right? If you go back to what he said, what did he mean to say? Because his comment was saying, I'm not the one to respond. Like, I don't think I'm the guy to respond to that question. He not to say that? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, what, it, what did he mean to say if he didn't mean to say, I don't think I'm the guy to respond to that question. I think we have those guys down there. You know? And I, I think... At least if I was in there, if Soto didn't answer the question the way that he, he answered a different question than what I was asking, I would probably politely like clarify, okay, okay, okay. But I meant what what I'm what I'm asking is this. And I don't think there was any clarification on AC's part or another reporter on it. So I I don't know about the language thing. It's that's a good point, but in this instance. In the instance here, I don't know. I don't think it was very much of a, a language thing. JD's third says, Soto has been around baseball long enough to know what he was saying. He's not an idiot. Very high baseball IQ and acumen. Yeah, that, that's a point too. Um, he has been speaking to the media for years, right? In English, I believe. And props to him, like, Darvish still uses the the interpreter, right? And I think his English is fine. Some guys choose to do it, and Soto, he doesn't do it. I think there is someone that is there in case he needs it, but he doesn't really use it. So I give props to him for that. Like, if I went to Japan or something for another job, or I went to somewhere else and I had to speak another language, yeah, I'd be using the interpreter because I don't want to even if I knew the language a little bit, I, I don't want to misspeak, but Soto doesn't Soto doesn't use it. And so when that happens, if he does mean to say something that he didn't say, well, sorry that the the public, they're gonna look at the quote. The quote that is printed or the quote that is in an, that is posted by someone in the media, they're gonna see that and they're just gonna read it for what it is. Uh, Devin says Soto taught himself English. So you have to weigh in that factor too. I don't think it's a hundred percent fluid. I think he's about 80, 90%. Yeah. But like I said, like what was there that he meant to say that he instead said that, like, it felt like a pretty simple quote to me. Like he deflected, but I think he meant it because there's other guys that, are in the front office, coaching staff that look over the numbers and like they, that's their, the whole teams, they look at all the team's numbers, the team as a whole or different other players. Is Soto diving into Austin Nola's numbers? Probably not. He, he probably cares about his numbers because that's what he can kind of control, you know? I think that's kind of what he said. 
All right, before I get out of here, just some San Diego sports reminders here. There's not a whole lot of San Diego sports news. Um, but the San Diego Wave, their next match, it's on the road still. Friday, 5 o'clock against Racing Louisville. Uh, and then the mat, the next match after that is when they come back home. Can't wait for that match. Angel City, San Diego Wave, uh, the big Southern California rivalry. Obviously, the Wave, they knocked off Angel City earlier in the year in L.A. And now Angel City going to come to San Diego at Snapdragon Saturday, June 17th. Tickets available uh, online. And that game is at 1. So it's not a, it's usually Snapdragon, the games are at 7. But this one, it's at 1 o'clock, day game. And I believe the first 10,000 fans, they're going to get a giveaway uh, towel, jersey lookalike towel. Um, and then after the Angel City match, they're at home again the next weekend against O.L. Reign. They just played O.L. Reign, but that was a Challenge Cup match. This this matchup against O.L. Reign would not be – it will not be a Challenge Cup match June 24th uh, at 7. So that's what we're looking at. With the San Diego Wave, obviously they right now are right there at the top of the table after beating Gotham uh, on the road. And then the San Diego Loyal, they're back home, I think, right? Yeah, they're back home against Sacramento, finally, this Friday at 7 p.m. And then they play again at home against San Antonio the following Wednesday. And they're coming off that comeback tie, 3-3 on the road in San Antonio. So there you go. All right. That is it. Quicker show. uh, But the Padres, they split with the Cubs. Still inconsistent offense. Two-game series, quick two-game series against the Seattle Mariners starting tonight. Joe Musgrove on the mound tonight for the Padres. That is at 640. So pregame thoughts coming up and then postgame reaction after the game. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Reminder, code TALKINGFRIARS on SeatGeek, $20 off. Click that link in the description for Breaking Tea. Uh, Great San Diego sports swag there. San Diego Wave, San Diego State, Padres. All right, until next time, I'll talk to you all later. Thank you all much. Thank you all so much for the time. See ya.